Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. I'm joined by Father Jeff Lewis. Father Lewis, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Tom. Thank Father, you. Father, aren't you excited to talk about what we're here to talk about? What is it, Tom? We are here to talk about the one-day share tomorrow, during the first part of the program. While you're here, we're going to talk about the gift of Catholic radio. Tomorrow, we have one of those special single-day events where we turn to you wonderful folks and say, can you be a blessing back to us? So that's only one of the things we'll talk about before you flee the building. Father Lewis, you're leaving us. <laughs> well, not leaving us. I'll tell you more in a minute on Sound Insight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com. DrTomCurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Uh, Father Lewis is going to lead us in a scripture reading and a prayer. Father Lewis. Our scripture passage will come from the gospel assigned for the day for this Monday of the 15th week in Ordinary Time. Jesus says, Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is righteous will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because he is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. Good and gracious God, we ask that you would uh, open our minds and our hearts to be so disposed to receiving you and the people you have sent into our lives, the words that you have given to us to meditate upon, that we would receive you and that we'd be blessed by your presence in our lives and our hearts and in our interactions with others. All this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Lewis. It's great to have you on. So Father Nagel has some kind of some kind of businessy business church meeting. Can you imagine that? Having, having a business meeting or <laughs> staff meeting or, or something like that. That's important, isn't it? Well, you know, it gets the you know, there's the the cost of doing business as a parish, I suppose. And yeah. Just gotta worry about the administrative side, the temporal goods of the parish that need managing and stewardship. So, so. at meetings like that, uh, one of the things that um, can happen is that prayer tends to be the first item. Mm-hmm. And Father John Ricardo, I had a chance to interview him a couple times and uh, recently, and one of the times we talked about prayer, and he said that too often in parish settings, at parish meetings and events, prayer is just an agenda item. Mm-hmm. Check it off and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you respond to that? I agree. It feels like it is just a, an item to be checked, and um, particularly if it's you know one of our stand by, you know, Catholic rote prayers, which there's nothing wrong with them, but it's like, let's just get this over with so we can move on to the real business. What I've uh, started trying to do at St. Mary is um, uh, I haven't like mandated a holy hour yet, for example, for our pastoral council meetings, but if our meetings are on, we meet uh, Wednesdays monthly at uh, 7 p.m. and I'll let the council members know I will be in the chapel at 6 p.m. praying a holy hour and I invite you all to join me. 
And invariably, there'll be two or three, or sometimes I've seen four, that'll come in about 6.30 and then pray with me. But one thing he also talks about, I've heard him mention these things too, is not just to pray together more robustly, but to spend part of the meeting actually unpacking what the Lord spoke to each of them in prayer. That tells me you got to basically devote two hours to that, and that's kind of a hard ask sometimes, Mm -hmm. I think. (laughs) So I'm trying to start slowly and see if we can get a culture shifted in, in that direction by just you know, telling them, I will be in the church, I hope you'll join me, and just see where it goes. That's really powerful. I, I found that, like, uh, let me ask you the question, is it God's grace or is it human excellence at organizational structures and meeting planning that is going to lead to effective and fruitful meetings? Well, as usual, yes. <laughs> as usual, it's a both and. Yeah, yeah it's yes. Right. But <laughs> I want to confirm. Can, yeah. I well, want to confirm what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You finish your point. Well, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, if, if I were to carry along, um, you know, my administrative leadership of the parish in such a way that just cast all cares to the wind, God will settle it, that's, uh, I think, feel like that's pretty presumptuous. On the other hand, if I have God not as part of it all, then that's presumptuous in the other way. I'm presuming that I can do all things. So it, mm-hmm. it is a both end. I need to ask for the grace, but let that grace build on my nature. Yeah. So... Uh, when I first moved here, 1997, with Kerry, uh, we joined a parish, and we were elected to the parish council in 1998. 1999, I ended up being the head of the council. Wow. And so I met with a pastor, and I said, look, I've been part of these meetings now for a year, and the meetings would start at 7 and end at 10.30. Now, they were supposed to end at 9, but they would end up going an extra hour and a half because of the ineffectiveness at the human level of the structuring of the meetings and the, and the conversation points. So I said, I'd like to do two things. I'd like to start each meeting with 45 minutes of prayer. And then I want to implement um, good uh, organizational uh, procedures for how to run a meeting. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, there was a revolt. <laughs> there bet. was a revolt. What do you mean? We're here to get stuff done. 45 minutes to pray? This is crazy. We'll never get stuff done. Well, we prayed for 45 minutes, and our meetings never ended beyond 9.30. Yeah. So our meetings ended on time, an hour earlier than the other meetings, where you just simply said a prayer and then moved forward with inefficient meeting management. Mm-hmm. So um, I applaud you for the emphasis on if we don't pray, we're not going to bear fruit. If we don't pray, we're not going to be hearing from God. Mm-hmm. And if we don't hear from God, and we don't have the strength to do what God is asking, so wisdom and courage, if we don't have that insight, then why are we wasting our time here? Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, God's given us reason. And so we should use our reason to follow the best principles and practices for how to run a meeting. Yeah. And implement them. Mm-hmm. Now, how many classes did you have in the seminary on meeting management? And <laughs> None. But fortunately, before seminary, I had my business degree oh, in human right. resource management and my MBA. So I already oh, have Oh, now that. you're flexing on me, Father. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> well, I know so, meetings. <laughs> I love that. Well, isn't that beautiful? What a gift. Yeah. I bet that is a huge gift to your parish to be able to say, well, tell me how. How have you seen your... Um, your MBA, your, your business degree, bear fruit in your work at the parish? Well, just a general um, uh, gift I, I feel like I was given in my undergrad years was, and maybe this is just by virtue of, of uh, 
you know, striving for excellence in any field of study in college is you got to just manage your time well, because otherwise it slips away. You're constantly behind the eight ball and all the rest. But even more so, a great lesson I learned in in uh, business school is meetings for the sake of meetings are terrible. And a another priest here in the Spokane Diocese, who also was a business um, businessman before he became a priest, he said. Meetings are where minutes are taken and hours are wasted. <laughs> wow! And uh, I said that's so true. So you mentioned that your meetings would, with prayer, would would go from seven to nine thirty, and um, and that's because you devote so much time to prayer. I guess if you could say if I had holy hour and then the meeting, we would be two hours because I try to have a hard stop at eight p.m. Mm-hmm. And if it goes long, you know, by eight thirty, I'm saying, folks. I got to go. I need to get dinner. So mm-hmm. my hunger is a good excuse to just nice. cut things off. I like that. But uh, if you can't figure it out in an hour, then I don't know what an extra half hour is going to do. It yeah. can just be tabled till next time. Well, and I think that's one of the sadnesses is that I think it's probably changed to some degree that uh, I raised this radical proposal when I was in the seminary that seminarians should be spending their time in some degree, proportionate to what they would actually be spending their time doing as priests, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but was that the case? No. No. No, 90% of the time is given to studies. Yeah. Just like raw time. Mm-hmm. And then second would be prayer, mm-hmm. I think. And then you kind of go from there. But yeah. maybe 90% is too high. But it, it would be a high percentage. Depending on the seminary, for sure, there's academic excellence emphasized more so than other places. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and you'd hope, well, if, if that was the case, that the, um, the, the students that were there would have a great hunger to immerse themselves in the mind of the church through studying theology and want to absorb it and take it in, mm-hmm. rather than saying, what do I need to do to pass so I can flesh this out and then take on the next content? Right. You're smiling. Well, yeah, that's totally the way of it is... Um, uh, I, I tried very hard not to let that happen to me, but it's nonetheless something that did happen. But one thing I try to do in my studies was to understand from the outset is that all of this somehow is going to be useful to my future parishioners. So that inspired me to try to be more attentive to studies, not to just info info intake and then info dump, but to try to appropriate it more deeply so that it would it would come out in useful ways for the sake of my future person. Where did you get that vision? Like that's actually really profound. Um, what yeah. fa- folks, what Father just said is really really profound. Which was, do you know what you said that was so profound? <laughs> well, you just said yeah. which was never taught in right. the seminary. Never taught was you begin serving your future parishioners yeah. here and now. Mm-hmm. When you pray, pray for them. When you fast, when you do penance, when you study, you're serving them now. Don't buy into the lie that you're going to live a certain lifestyle now and just you wait. Mm -hmm. After ordination, I'm going to have a magic infusion of grace that's going to completely change my entire lifestyle and, and my approach to living my life. Yeah. Were you taught that somewhere? Who? Where did you get that insight? If I if I got it from someone, I don't quite know who, but I I probably just kind of picked up on my own because I I was just kind of thinking there's got to be a way. This is I I I was cognizant of the fact that what I'm studying is is rich gold. These are the riches of the church. We got such a rich tradition. I didn't want to just like let it slip by. There's there's got to be a reason why the church will will have such a rich tradition and, and for it to continue to be communicated, because that's what tradition means. 
And so I probably just kind of devised on my own, I guess, through that kind of thought process. But I still do that today. Like even if I'm reading articles online, like on First Things or news articles on Catholic news sites, like some of it is just to satisfy, satisfy my curiosity, but a lot of it is, is any of this, could any of this be useful for a future homily or something? And so I got a whole file on my computer, like homily ideas, like 50 files of those things that were just, I just copy and paste articles that I read. I said, that will be useful one day. And every now and again, I'll revisit that to see if it's useful in that given time. But, but that, yeah, I don't know if I got that from someone, but certainly it was, it was a, a helpful guide for me all of my years in seminary, even back to philosophy, some of that was going to be useful and enriching, I, I, I trusted for my future parishioners. And for your future listeners on Sound Insight. Well, yes. Did you too. have any idea, <laughs> right? Who would have known, right, that God was equipping you, not only for, for St. Mary's and the other parishes you've served, but for folks on Sacred Heart Radio, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in fact... That's why people enjoy you so much, is uh, they do enjoy you. I think you knew that. You sent me an email how much they enjoyed you, oh, right? Oh, oh. That was so Keep cool. them coming, folks. Keep them coming, <laughs> yes. No, sincerely. So uh, I, I do want to bridge to this point, and we'll pick up on it after the break, and that is that tomorrow, Sacred Heart Radio is having a, a one-day share So if you listen to Sacred Heart Radio, you know that it's only twice a year for three days that Sacred Heart Radio says, look... We're going to continue offering you the programming, but we're going to ask you to call and contribute. Don't just be a faithful listener. Don't be part of simply the family of listeners of Sacred Heart Radio, but become a supporter. Become a supporter who says, I am so blessed by what is poured forth into me, what washes over me on Sacred Heart Radio, that I, in fact, want to be a blessing back. Second is, in this moment in history, the mission of Sacred Heart Radio to be salt, light, and leaven in the state of Washington and beyond, east, you know, northern Idaho, up in Alaska, western Montana, other places through the internet that get to hear the programming of Sacred Heart Radio. This is an important, crucial mission, mm-hmm. especially with so much happening in, in, in the toxic aspects of the anti-Catholic, anti-Christian policies and laws of the state of Washington and the wider cultural society and the societal forces, and especially Western Washington. How do I really feel? Yeah. yeah. So Sacred Heart Radio plays such a gift in saying, we're going to stand up for the fullness of our Catholic faith and help you live it, help you share it. And then lastly, some of you have been blessed financially. And this is difficult financial times for many people, not for everyone. So those of you that are listening, there's a stewardship involved. There's a stewardship in giving when you've been blessed financially. And so tomorrow, tomorrow, Sacred Heart Radio is going to ask you to call 800 9 Four nine ten fifty eight hundred nine four nine ten fifty. They can also call right now. <laughs> call right now and just say, "Whoa, wait a minute, Tom! You gave out the number." Um, when you do call, they're gonna. You'll have an opportunity to be a blessing, to join in the mission, and to share as a steward of the financial strength that God has given you. So those are three way. Those are three kind of aspects to giving, Father. Mm-hmm. Which of those do you find the most compelling? Uh, I, You've been blessed, so you want to be a blessing back. You believe yeah. in the mission, and you can you can share in it by giving or sharing of financial stewardship. Yeah, the the third one, I think, because um, you know, paying it forward or or just you know, people have different. St. Paul writes about this. We have different gifts. Let's use them accordingly. And some people may not have the um, other ways of of contributing to the mission. Uh, that's not to say that uh, you know, just writing a check. Well, that didn't do much for the mission. I you know, I I wish I'd be more directly involved, but. 
But that does that does so much because that is what helps supports the efforts of those who are on the front lines, whatever the front lines are. In this case, Sacred uh, Heart Radio. So, um, you know, if, if I've been given the the financial gifts and blessings, hopefully I'm using something, uh, doing something good with that, and uh, that tugs at me, and I try to do that just with my own, you know, income and blessings. I love that. I love when I read in the scriptures that uh, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and Strength, yeah. and strength isn't how much, how many pounds I can lift. It's your wealth. Yeah, I love that. I, I hadn't heard that, and when I when I learned it, I don't know how many years ago, it was like, wow, that's so strong. You love God by how you're a steward of your wealth. We're steward of time. We're up against a break. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that. As a realtor, licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Karn. I'm with Father Jeff Lewis. And uh, we're talking today about, well, the Sacred Heart Radio Sherathon right now. Tomorrow it's a single day, just a single day. It starts at 730 in the morning and it runs until six in the evening. Now, I am not going to be there. So tomorrow, normally I would be on from 730 to nine with Ron. And then I would be back from one to three in the afternoon. However, my brothers and sisters, I recorded four short inspirational segments. So please tune in between 7.30 and 9, and those segments are going to be little vignettes, little uh, encapsulated uh, teachings on why I believe Sacred Heart Radio is so important and so important to support as we're able. So even though I won't be there, Ron is going to be carrying the torch, Ron Belter, uh, there, I will be offering teaching. So please tune in tomorrow during this time, during the time of Sound Insight. You will be getting teaching, teaching that is designed to encourage you, to support you, and to help you be accountable to God's call for your life. So Father Lewis, when you think about those three themes, Sacred Heart Radio supports faith, the faithful. Mm-hmm. Sacred Heart Radio encourages the faithful. And Sacred Heart Radio helps the faithful be accountable. Think about the work that we do together, mm-hmm. right? How would you see Sacred Heart Radio supporting, encouraging, and helping people be accountable to living their Catholic faith in its fullness? Well, one uh, one uh, supportive aspect of of uh, Catholic Radio is um, it just uh, helping us helping folks to be informed of what's going on. Um, an informed, um, an informed uh, citizenry is a, is a, is a, is a responsible citizenry. Uh, I, I can't remember which president kind of. I think that was a paraphrase, but, but in the Catholic sphere too, a, an informed. Um, you should just say as Jesus said. Jesus, as Jesus said, an informed yeah. citizenry. <laughs> yeah, and and similarly in the Catholic world, informed uh, parishioners um, are just gonna, they're gonna be more empowered. It, it empowers us to. Because knowing is half the battle, um, as it were, and, and knowing helps us to have a, a more fully formed conscience in terms of what we ought to do in our particular spheres of influence. But it's it's power. It's it's also a powerful way to unite um, unite the Catholics 
one thing that just keeps coming to mind is even before the in the last segment is if any of the listeners know of the situation going on in Nicaragua, uh, which is a country in Central America and it's it's ruled by a dictatorship and the dictator is named Daniel Ortega, one and and he's basically ousted the Catholic Church and their and their one of their chief uh, bishops has been uh, tried and convicted unjustly of conspiracy against the government. I think he's sentenced to 26 years in prison. And, um, and he was given a choice to flee in exile, and he said no, um, because he was going to be with his people. This guy is a living, breathing saint. And other bishops and, and priests had chosen exile so that they can try to work around and behind the scenes. But I bring all this up because one of the first things that Dan Ortega did was, first of all, he ousted the Missionaries of Charity, which is interesting. And then he started going after the Catholic radio stations throughout the country and shutting them down. Why is that? Because that is a way that the, the people could stay connected and stay informed. And that's how dictatorships get their power is by cutting off those lines of communication. Then they control the communication and the narrative. And then the people are like, well, I don't know any better. So I guess the, this is the way of it. And, uh, and this happened in, in every, every tyrannical regime. This is what Stalin did. This is what Hitler did. This is, I think in many ways, this is what some certain leaders of our, of our own country are trying to do, trying to impose fines and all this other, other stuff for not speaking truth speak. And, um, and you know, that's one huge reason why for the importance of Catholic radio is it's a, it's a very effective and widespreading way of all of us staying united and all of us staying informed. And that's supportive and encouraging. So it feels like that kind of, that kind of anecdotes uh, um, kind of addresses those first two points. Yeah, so what is, like, interesting to me is that you showed the power and importance of Catholic radio in what we would easily term extreme circumstances, mm -hmm. extreme political situations. But what's so, like, I don't know, sad or, or ironic is even though we're sitting here peacefully in a beautiful, like, spot that's so peaceful, doesn't it feel a bit like we're in extreme circumstances? Mm -hmm. When you think about the demonic transgender ideology and the laws and policies that are being passed in the state of Washington and in the public school systems, that is a travesty and a tragedy, and it's destroying the innocence and the purity of so many young people's lives. It's confusing and misleading mm -hmm. so many young people when they're at a stage where they're trying to sense who they are in terms of sexual identity. And we have been given the truth. God has made us male and female, and in living that identity that will flourish Saying those things out loud, mm -hmm. guess what? Sounds extreme today. Yeah. When you look at social media, TikTok and Instagram, Snapchat, mm -hmm. uh, YouTube, you look at these, these social media platforms, and all of a sudden, it's extreme to say. And you'll get canceled for saying it. God has made us male and female. Yeah. And in that identity, we'll flourish. And we should stand up and promote that and support that and come against division, deceptions and lies that will attempt to distort the truth of God. Mm -hmm. Catholic Heart Radio, Sacred Heart Radio, not bending over, not yeah. giving in, yeah. not going to bow the knee to social media pressure, to laws and policies. And it's, it, it feels increasingly like the frog in the kettle mm -hmm. and the water starting to boil. And at some point, we're just going to have to stand up. Mm -hmm. Is that too strong? No, I don't think so at all. 
And um, Amy, you know, blessing of another blessing of Catholic of, of Catholic Radio, Sacred Heart Radio, among them is is um, it's uh, you know it's an AM radio station. What's interesting about that is I think I I saw this news that Ford Motor Company was kicking around the idea of no longer offering AM radio in their in their vehicles, just making their radios more restricted. I said, don't tell me that doesn't have some you know smacking of of Satan's tyranny because AM radio is a free radio yet, and if that's not even offered in vehicles anymore, you now that that silences our voices even more. It's these kind of you know around the you know you know behind the back kind of uh, uh, of uh, decisions that are being made that that will try to silence us more and more. You know, pretty soon Catholic Heart uh, Radio and Sacred Heart Radio have to be like you know, by ham radio or something, where we just have to install our own antenna or who knows what, and they'll find a way to disrupt that too. But, but for now, it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a free airwave that can't be censored. And if more of us would just make the choice and the act of the will to turn off the music and turn off the political talk radio and turn into Catholic radio, then, uh, then we're strengthening our numbers and we're strengthening ourselves too because we have this, this encouragement and the support and the shared vision of the gospel values that, that should guide us every moment of every day. Amen. Amen. And it's, this is one of those things that I think, um, like in the last four years, right, when I moved here and talking with families increasingly as our culture has become destroyed and divided by social media, by the mainstream media, just presenting such uh, atrocious lies, destructive lies, that uh, it's like, wait a minute, I didn't choose this. I didn't want this. I wanted to stay positive. Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay upbuilding. I wanted to stay uh, relentlessly affirming of what was happening in the world. Don't have that choice. It's not an option. It's like Exodus 17, Amalek came and waged war against Moses and Joshua. Mm -hmm. The Amalekites, like they're just trying to make it to the promised land. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they are attacked. Mm-hmm. I, I That's what it feels like, Father. It feels yeah. like if, if you're a Catholic today, you want to just say, like, leave me alone and let me live my life. Do you have that option? No. That's what, you know, the society used to say. You just do you and we'll do us and not anymore. It's not enough anymore to, to tolerate, you know, worldviews of the other side. But, you know, now there's the, the goose-stepping, you know, uh, you know, mantras of not only do you, must, do I demand you tolerate us, but you must affirm us and celebrate us and believe as we do. And, um, and if you don't, just by the fact, you know, it's like, um, it's like the BLM movement. It's not enough to not be racist. You must be anti-racist and you must vocalize it proudly and, and march in the BLM riots or whatever it is that forms. you do. In yeah, these forms. You have yeah. to do it in this way. Yeah. We're, we're told how, we are told what we must do or else, and then they just jump right to the other, the other extreme. Unless you affirm me, you're clearly some kind of bigot. I'm like, well, how did we get to this? What happened to your narrative of just leave me alone and I'll leave you alone? That's, right. That was never their end game. That was just a, a frog in the boiling water approach. You know. Yeah. If we accepted that, then you know the boiling water is going to keep getting hot, and they're going to come at us with the next demand. You know. So I, I saw a, I, it was like a like a video short. I don't know if it was like a TikTok thing or a YouTube reel or whatever you whatever the platform was. And it's a guy who goes out into parks, um, I think also on the college campuses with a sign, like a big um, sandwich board kind of sign. And it's just a message affirming life, mm-hmm. like life begins at conception, save the babies kind of thing. And he is regularly posting these intense uh, 
attacks these like violent outbursts of people coming at him. And there's one that I found so ironic is this woman saying, stop trying to tell me what to do. Stop trying to tell me what to do. And I'm thinking... As she's telling him what to do. (laughs) You do realize, or do you not, that you're telling me what to do. (laughs) And there's somehow a complete justification that she can say that to him without any kind of sense at all that you're critiquing him for doing that very thing. Mm -hmm. That's how like, insane, literally insane... Our culture is. Mm-hmm. At the same time, why is Sacred Heart Radio a gift? Because as demonic as and anti-Catholic as so much of the mainstream culture is regarding conception to natural death, issues of sexual identity, sexual morality, and relationships is, we could just say that out loud. Mm-hmm. It is. It's anti-God. It's anti-flourishing. It's anti-human. Okay. For me, the most dangerous challenge that we face is not the demonic anti-Catholic culture that we live in to a large measure. It's the anti-Christ, clever, rationalized way in which some church leaders and church folks reconcile those demonically inspired positions with the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, no, no, no. You just, you're... You're embracing an outdated Catholic approach to sexuality. Mm -hmm. It's actually fine. Mm -hmm. It's, in fact, more loving and more Jesus than your out-of-date, old, dusty, deadening position coming from within the church. Mm -hmm. That's the wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. That is the greater enemy we face. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? I agree. Um, you know, at my first reaction is, you know, I, I feel I've been feeling uh, overwhelmed by just uh, what we're up against and what keeps me at peace and from just like pulling my hair out or from despairing or from overreacting is, you know, if I stay, if I cling to the rock of Peter, if I stay close to Christ, then, then, then I will be fine. I will be grounded. I need to make sure that if I'm going to try to do anything to try to effect a positive change in world culture, it needs to begin with me. So it doesn't mean no good if I'm not myself striving for sainthood and holiness, you know, and then go out and rail against other people, or whatever, and encourage them to strive for sainthood and holiness. It's got to begin with me. And then clinging to that rock of, of, of Peter with the one arm, with the other arm, try to help other people to pull along. And I've got to focus on the individual soul in front of me, the, in my case, the parish and trust my care, and whatever you know, some church leaders on the other side of the world are saying, or whatever, I, I that's a, that's on the blip of my radar circle of concern, and that's where I need to leave it. Um, I need to stay f- focused and channel my energies into where do I have influence and and where do I have control, and and if all of us did that, that's that's how we can that's how we can change the world entire. But there's precious few of us who have the gift to be able to just get on a worldwide national platform like a Mike Schmitz or John Ricardo to be able to convey these messages. That's not a blessing of Catholic Heart Radio, uh, Sacred Heart Radio is that here we do get to speak to the 150,000 audience members um, in these moments. Um, but uh, the rest of the time, I need to stay focused on the soul in front of me and the people in front of me. F- fathers and mothers, focus on your kids and each other. 
and uh, and then the ripple effect outward. But that's that's what Jesus did. He focused on the twelve. When Judas fell away, he focused on the eleven, and um, and then look what happened. But but he, I mean, he had other people in his orbit, but he poured himself into that. That's what helps keep me grounded. If I pour myself into the into the people that are in my immediate influence. Uh, and I got to just let go and trust that God will take it from there. So here's the, I'm going to let you in on the secret mm-hmm. of Sound Insight, Father Lewis, because it's just between the two of us, okay? Just this is the secret, is that the kind of conversation we're having right now is extraordinarily rare mm-hmm. on the radio because it's personal, it's spontaneous, it's back and forth, it's not based on this agenda. It's, guess what? The people that are listening to you feel like that they're with us in a coffee shop. They're with us at, at the breakfast table. They're mm-hmm. with us just in the car, and we're just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And they're part of it. And because they feel part of it, they are blessed by it. So there's the secret. Yeah. The secret is when you do radio well, the folks that are listening don't feel like they're simply observers, but they're, it's like pull a seat all the way up to the table, brothers and sisters. You're part of this conversation too. And I do that by bringing their questions and concerns to you. I like, okay, I know, I know where people are at to some measure. Let me bring out their thoughts, questions, concerns, curiosities, and give you that platform to be able to speak. That's why Sacred Heart Radio is such a blessing. And I hope if you're blessed by that, that tomorrow during the share that you'll support it. You'll make a call, make a pledge of financial support so that Sacred Heart Radio will remain strong in difficult times. So remember, tomorrow, it's a single day, but tune in because your programming will be continuing, but there will be some regular appeals for you to call and become a financial supporter to make a tax deductible to donation to Sacred Heart Radio. We're up against a break. Back in a minute. Yeah. Welcome back to the program. Father Lewis has five more minutes before he flees the room, and it's totally his fault. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> it's good. It's good. At least you owned it. Father. I blame the chancery, but uh, that's yes. a story for another time. <laughs> that is a story, folks. You don't realize. So we're pre pre recording this program, and it's the constraints of. Uh, you see, this is it. It's the constraints of me not living intentionally enough. See, I could have said I'm busy. <laughs> busy is just an excuse for not being intentional. Sure. Right? You, yeah. you actually alluded to that way, 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 way back at the beginning of the program. So is there anything else that you would want to leave us with regarding the gift of Sacred Heart Radio, regarding supporting, encouraging, and holding accountable? Mm-hmm. And if not, you could end with, uh, is there a story, an anecdote about the blessing that Sacred Heart Radio has been to you or to the people that are of your parish? Mm-hmm. Well, one thing about um, Sacred Heart Radio holding us accountable, and you, you've been using the phrase financial supporter, which is absolutely true and, and absolutely um, who, who we'll need to call in tomorrow. Another, another name I might give uh, folks is, is mission partner. That, uh, you know, the Catholic, Catholic Radio is, is not just a nice um, add-on of our, of our devotional life, but truly is... Uh, f- part of and, and, and a very important part of the mission of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. In its own way, it's a tremendous gift um, uh, to be able to do that and, and, and with the technology before us today. And so making a financial gift is, is, is great. That helps keep the mission forward. But more than just being um, a name on a check that you submit, um, you're you're partnering in a mission in a mission, and it's a it's a it's a mission partnership, and 
And some people, I think especially like for some of my homebound parishioners, they are homebound. They can't even get to mass. They are pretty infirm, not to the point where they need to be in a nursing home or round-the-clock nursing care, but um, unless they have someone to drive them places, they don't drive anymore, etc. But they they tune in to things like Catholic radio, and they have a heart for mission still, but they're also like 98 years old or whatever. And and so how can they how can they respond to the call to mission in a way that's appropriate and doable uh, given their state in life? And so if writing that check is how you can be a mission partner, that is another way of of being part of the mission and helping to fulfill the mission. Yeah, I love that. I heard a focused missionary like 30 years ago say, um, he said, some give by going, others go by giving. Yeah. You can steal that. Nice. Still, you nice. can use that. So, folks, uh, you all don't get to go onto the radio and speak a voice and, you know, be part of the producing a program, but you get to go by giving. Mm-hmm. So we, you and I, we give by going, right? You yeah. you. You come here. You uh-huh. go to my house, and we, <laughs> in this very luxurious, expensive studio, that is a joke. Father's laughing, and uh, and 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 we give. We give our time, our energy, our attention because we love you, and we want you to grow in faith. We want you to become saints and fulfill your God-given mission. That's why we're here, and that's why we go. And so, if you can go differently by giving, that is such a blessing to us. That allows us to keep on going. Mm -hmm. Your giving enables us to keep on going. So tomorrow, uh, and this may even be, uh, Ron might actually play some of this tomorrow as well. So maybe right now, not even tomorrow, uh, I I am going to encourage folks to call 800-949-1050, and make a pledge. Say, "I'm I'm here to support Sacred Heart Radio. So that's what's happening tomorrow, uh, on Tuesday, for that one-day share Father Lewis, any final comments? I, I, I don't want you to be late for your meeting. I don't want the <laughs> bishop to say, look at me tapping his watch. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Father Lewis, you knew this started at noon. Yeah, yeah, can't, uh, can't keep the boss waiting. But um, um, you, know, you, you asked if there was a, kind of a story I've heard from parishioners about their engagement with Catholic Heart Radio, and uh, I can't think of any immediately, but I have noticed just in general um, – and, you know, a, 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 an upward tick of of prisoners just commenting, heard you on the radio or an email, heard you on the radio, and um, and I wasn't getting that those kind of numbers in the beginning. Um, so um, and always like in a positive way. In fact, I think I forwarded to you by email an email that I received talking about um, the blessings of a particular broadcast. This would have been about three weeks ago, I think, or four. But but um, so I guess my point is is that. That uh, it seems the 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 reach and the 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 um, the audience the the listeners are at least in my parish seem to be increasing and and responding like they're they're actually they're actually responding back heard you on the radio appreciate your conversation and they'll mention the conversation and something that that we talked about and um, so that's that's good it's the message is getting out there and it, it seems the audience base is growing so again one more one more reason to be a deliberate mission partner because it's having an effect. Amen. That's uh, Father Jeff Lewis. Father Lewis is going to have to depart now, and um, uh, we'll let him go. So, Father Lewis, thanks for being on today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tom. So now that Father Lewis is uh, exiting the building, I think it's also appropriate to be uh, just acknowledging the gift it is to have uh, priests like Father Lewis and Father Nagel um, give of their time. We all know how busy priests are, and we all know that 
priests can be challenged when they're pulled in so many directions to make space and time available. And to do so, they uh, are called upon to be discerning. Like, Lord, what are you asking of me? Lord, how am I supposed to spend my life, pour my life out, give of myself so that your kingdom would come, that your mission in my life would be done? So having uh, Father Nagel, having Father Lewis uh, come on to uh, Sound Insight, be part of Sacred Heart Radio uh, in, in being so faithful for years. Father Lewis has been doing this now for well, over three years. That's amazing. And Father Nagel <laughs> has been doing this for closer to 15 years, which is incredible. Just to think that we're walking with these priests through their priesthood. We're walking with these priests as they uh, uh, are assigned, as they are discerning, as they are ministering to God's people. So in some ways, you're part of the the broader quote-unquote, parish ministering that uh, Father Lewis and Father Nagel get to do. So just another uh, powerful reason to uh, participate in the share to be willing to, to give, be willing to uh, be a blessing back, uh, just as, as a thank you, as a thank you for uh, Father Lewis, as a thank you for Father Nagel, for the gift that, that they are. And so that's what will be happening on on Tuesday, uh, is a chance to give back, a chance to be a blessing financially to Sacred Heart Radio. One of the things that I feel called to on Sacred Heart Radio is to draw upon the relationships and connections that God has given me through the, the time that I've been privileged and blessed to do church work and be able to have people like Father John Ricardo to be able to call him up and say, hey, Father John, can we do another one of those interview programs? Can we have you give your insight into you know interesting questions that will be a blessing for folks to think about? So that's, uh, that, that's what's going to happen now in, in the last segment of the program. Um, we're going to uh, move to an, another portion of my interview with Father John Ricardo recently where I gave him interesting questions and said, We are looking for your insights. After the break, we'll come back with Father John Ricardo. All right. I want to welcome to the program, Father John Ricardo. Father John, one of the moments that has been prominent in the last 35 years is apologetics, which can take two principal forms, a rational defense of the faith or a way of showing that our faith is reasonable to remove objections to the faith. And it's not a way of proving that the faith is true. So apologetics has been a gift from the late 80s until today as a way of fostering new uh, verve and and vitality in the lives of so many disciples. So apologetics has been a great gift. And if you want to speak to the way that you've seen apologetics be a gift, I'm open to that. But I'm more interested in the way that you've seen apologetics be a hindrance. And, And I point two different moments where apologetics not properly placed is a hindrance to the work of evangelization. And that is when apologetics gets confused with proclamation and apologetics gets confused with catechesis. So when apologetics is confused as evangelization, now we put the focus typically on the church or on or on proving that Christ is who he is and somehow thinking that's what the work of evangelization is. It's using apologetics as an attack with the faith rather than a defense of the faith. Or secondly, 
apologetics becomes the principal way of forming Catholics as disciples. So apologetics becoming catechesis. For instance, purgatory becomes taught in a way that you can show the scriptural basis, some historical moments, and you can identify the obstacles that people have and you can get rid of it. But people have no sense of, no sense of how that doctrine can take uh, take flesh in their lives, in their spirituality, regarding mercy, regarding cleansing, regarding devotion, and all of that. So apologetics is a gift in the in the the missionary life of the in the mission of the church in, in today. But apologetics can also be a hindrance when it's used out of place. How would you respond to that? You know, I'd, I'd emphatically agree. So I, I would say. You know, I heard somebody say said a years ago, and I think this is true. You know, there's there's kind of two doors by which people enter the church. There's the door of truth, and there's the door of beauty. And a number of people, to be sure, enter through the door of truth, which is kind of where apologetics fits. It's kind of the rational explanation of the faith, as you said. Um, incre increasingly so, it's people entering through the door of beauty. For a lot of reasons, not least of which is truth is not exactly the most interesting thing for most people today. Should be very interesting, but it's not. Beauty is. And um, the proclamation of the gospel has always got to go first. You know, so if there's one primary scripture in our work in Acts 29, it's Romans 116. You know, that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. And when Paul says that, there's so many things to rip apart there, but it's it's the 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 simple proclamation is power, not 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 the herald, not not the attractiveness of the herald. I mean, the the person matters obviously, but the news itself, the message itself, the events that the the gospel describes is power. It's explosive news, which brings healing to people. And the reason it brings healing is because it's so beautiful, because at the heart of the gospel is um, God has not just willed you into existence out of love. He's rescued you from this tyrant that we were talking about earlier, which means the heart of the gospel is this beautiful. You matter. You matter. You're seen. You're known. You're loved. And you're loved by the one that made the universe. That's the heart of the gospel. Everything else comes after that. And in, in, I think part of the challenge is because people, you know, again, today's the Feast of the Sacred Heart. And so we have this reading from 1 John, which we just fly through without any thought whatsoever that God is love. Nobody ever, ever said that. God isn't loving. You know, like you and I are loving every once in a while. You probably more than me. God is not loving. God is love. That's two really different things. That's who he is. And he and he reveals it most fully by becoming flesh and pouring his life out for us, not just for an atonement for our sins, but in going to battle to rescue us from this trafficker. People don't know that. And in, I think it's Cardinal Contlamesa who said one time, you know, you can't bend cold steel. You have to warm it first. Once you warm iron or steel, you can manipulate it. You can move it all around. You can do all sorts of things with that. And he, he makes the point to say, most of us have really cold hearts. 
And, and despite all the facades and all the things that we hide behind, what we're all desperate to know is that I'm loved. And the message of the gospel is that simple. You're loved. Start there. You're loved. Might you have to change? Yeah, we'll get to that. You're loved. God cares about you. The cross is not a reward for great behavior. You know, you're loved. And until somebody has been warmed by that in the way that only the Holy Spirit can, apologetics, though valuable, actually might be detrimental because I'm going to try to bend cold steel and it might snap. So I think the imperative for most people right now, for everybody, the imperative is always preach the gospel first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what we're going to do, and it's and it's very tempting right now in the culture to go after all sorts of um, moral issues. But if you go after moral issues without having first evangelized and warmed somebody's heart, you're actually going to make them angry and you're going to drive them away. Yeah, I want to get I want to dive into this a bit more because my experience, this is anecdotal and it's more about attitudes, is that those who have come into the faith through the doorway of apologetics and who lead with apologetic modes of expressing the faith in moments of evangelization or catechesis often are in a position of controlling or mastery over the faith. Like, ask me a question and I can master it. I can um, manipulate around by giving you correct theological answers, but what's often missing is that moment of vulnerability, of surrender, of letting Jesus be the redeemer because I needed to be redeemed. And now my heart is on fire because I've been brought into the fiery heart of Christ. That that relational dimension where we are his and he is mine is hidden, if not absent, because the faith was never brought to them in that way. And so they've been able to live the faith in a controlling attitude. I don't know if that's too strongly stated, but that is often when I get frustrated with those who lead with an apologetic mode of living their Catholic faith, it's bleeding beyond the moment that it's supposed to be in. And, And that's often what it's connected to. Yeah, I would, uh, I would again, wholeheartedly agree with you. I think um, what, what, what that often, what often happens is we're, if I'm, if I'm preoccupied with truth and, and that's not to say that truth doesn't matter. Of course it matters. But if I'm preoccupied with that, I, I'm it's, more we're preoccupied with truths, uh, not yeah, with truth. the truth, right? right. Who is a person. Yeah, what can happen is I'm I'm not really listening to you. I'm I've heard the topic, and now I'm going to prove the topic. Whereas what we want to do in in discourse, especially mindful of the fact that most people that we're talking to have genuinely never heard of Jesus, they don't know him. I need to have one ear to you and one ear to him. And this is hard, you know. This is an art, and and you know, as you were talking, I think one of the uh, one of the things that um, came to mind is um, um, Pope Francis gave a spectacular reflection to the bishops of Brazil back in 2013, where he's reflecting on Emmaus. And he said, um, he said, I'd, I'd like to ask us a question today. 
Are we still a church capable of warming hearts? A church capable of leading people back to Jerusalem, of bringing them home? And, and I don't know that we are. I mean, this, this is, you know, accompaniment has become one of those buzzwords, which now is kind of like almost meaningless, you know. But accompaniment is like, I, I'm very clear on what the goal is. The goal is I want to bring you into the heart of Jesus so that you can encounter the Father's love. But I have to be willing to be very patient. Because you're not a problem to be fixed. You're a person to be loved. And you probably, living in this day and age, not only have a lot of things that are confusing, but you've probably been hurt really badly, including probably by the church in some way or other, if nothing else, by by, by a Christian or somebody who has, uh, you know, worn a collar or whatever. So we got a lot of bruised reeds. And so are we really willing to like roll up our sleeves, do the long work of walking with people, not just for the sake of walking with them, but walking with them so as to bring them into the Lord's embrace? And in order to do that, I, it might take some time. I, I heard somebody once, Abigail Favalli, you've probably read her. She's got this great book on um, gender and whatnot. She's used to teach out in Portland. Now she's at Notre Dame. There's a great book called The Genesis of Gender. And uh, But in there, she, she uses an image for accompaniment, which I find very helpful. She says, you know, accompanying somebody is kind of like walking a switchback. You're just going... Oftentimes you're going sideways. You're, you're you're always ascending, but it's not always as clear. Like <laughs> we're actually going somewhere, but yet we have to be in it for the long haul. And Jesus is in it for the long haul with us. We need to be with each other. Nice. I'll respond to this quote: God is easily pleased, but He is not easily satisfied. So there's an antiphon in the office: "My son, give me your heart." Or my daughter, give me your heart. So he's easily pleased because uh, there's nothing you can do to win God's love. Like the fact that you exist, you exist, I exist because he loves me. And he always loves me, even when I walk away from him. But he wants more for me. And he wants more for me, not, not because he's demanding. Like God's not an egotist, but I think a lot of us think of God as an egotist. The only reason God would want all of my heart which means to have him first and then everything else afterwards is because that's good for me. It, it's good for me to love the one who is love above all things. And then to let his love flow through me into others, because if it's not his love flowing through me into others, um, I'm going to actually end up hurting people. So it's, you know, as a good father, you say to your children, Hey, you really shouldn't run out in the, in the road. And, and and I'm telling you not to do that um, because I'm a really cruel dictator. It's like, no, I don't want you to get run over. You know, God, God wants me to surrender everything to him and to let him guide my life because it's only in doing that that I'll actually find fulfillment. And he wants me fulfilled. Yeah, I love that. That I mean, God has so much more for us than we can ask or imagine, right? He wants to just stretch yep. our vessel to fill us to overflowing, and we settle for less. It's the whole mud pie story from C.S. Lewis, C.S. right? Lewis. The weight exactly. of glory. So, Father John Ricardo, thank you. You've been extraordinarily generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for being with me today. 
Great being with you, brother. Thanks. Always look forward to the next wrestling match. If you're open to it, we'll do another one. I'm open. All right, Go great. Down the Go. Nice.